it was the start of the year in our old Celtic lands and we'd be waiting in our houses of wattles and clay. The barriers would be down, you see, between the real and the unreal. And the dead might be looking in to sit by our fires of turf. Halloween. The festival of Samhain. The last great one took place 3,000 years ago and the hills ran red with the blood of animals and children. Sacrifices are part of our world, our craft. Witchcraft? To us, it was a way of controlling our environment. It's not so different now. It's time again. In the end, we don't decide these things, you know. Planets do. They're in alignment, and it's time again. Man's constant growing of things unknown, drawing from the endless reaches of time. Jason. Jason. Yes. Yeah. Jason. Synesthesia to me is uh, it's a true definition of the mixing of the senses. What makes synesthesia exciting? It takes us all the way from just the mingling of the senses, all the way to metaphors or even transcending the senses, where you are, are no longer constrained by the tyranny of individual sense impressions. Jason, what are you talking about? <laughs> Synesthesia, a movie podcast featuring Jason Michaelich and Jim Hickox, begins now. Hold the string. Sitting very often. I'm sorry. I'm sorry for the okay. It's not. I, I mean, I don't know why I chose tonight to care. <laughs> oh, my microphone placement. It's not a thing that I've paid attention to uh, in any way. Jason. Right, Jason. Jason. Jim. Jason. J- Jason. Do you remember the time I, I needed to get a hold of you and I called you? And you didn't answer, and I got your voicemail, and I just screamed your name as loud as I could into the oh, air. I, I but I held the phone somewhere. very far away from my face so that it wouldn't yeah. like totally blow it out. Yeah. Um, I just I think about that sometimes. I still own that recording of you somewhere. <laughs> I'm gonna monetize it someday. I'm gonna turn it into hay pennies. <laughs> we could just we can make it the the closing tag on every episode. Oh, that'd be amazing. <laughs> <laughs> I'll see if I can actually find it. I probably okay. can't. Alright. Uh, what else is here? Um, nothing really. I just started taking motorcycle maintenance classes. That's exciting. Oh, that is exciting. Yeah, I had my first one yesterday. I mean, it was super boring. You know, they told us to wear closed toed shoes, and then the teacher talked a lot about his days as an EMT and, like, t- told us stories that he thinks are funny about his life, which was not my fave. But, you know, it's uh, it'll, be, it'll be fine. I'll learn about, I don't know, 
checking compression. Sure. Yeah. Yeah, it's important. No, I mean it's good. It's good to be able to. I would think that yeah, you wouldn't want to be doing uh, motorcycle riding without knowing how to fix it. Yeah, I don't like riding anything. I don't know how to fix. That's why I refuse to buy cars with computers in them. <laughs> yeah, I have often thought that were I somebody else, I would be <laughs> like that. <laughs> By which I mean. If I had been in a position early in life to learn something about cars, mm-hmm. uh, I definitely would have never wanted to drive anything that I didn't understand. Yeah. yeah, yeah but yeah. as it is, I never learned, and so I'm just driving a magic box. There's, there's always time to start, Jason. Is there? I, sure, yeah. I'm really, I'm really wondering about that. You don't seem very busy. There's always time to start yeah. a new episode of your podcast. There's only really one time to do that. At the beginning of the podcast. Yeah, yeah it's just at the beginning of the podcast. <laughs> I, don't, I, I, I haven't finished editing the last tapes, but I'm not quite sure we stick to that. <laughs> you, you can only really start a podcast about six minutes in, Jason. Everybody knows that. <laughs> at least. <laughs> I'm looking at a big list of slasher films right now mm-hmm. because for some reason I found myself thinking about them again. Um, October's over, Jason. I know, I no, know, I but there's always any horror movies until next there's always October. An October hangover, uh, where you, I, at least for me, where I've I've done my horror movie watching, but then certain things just kind of stick in my mind or. I mean, maybe also because we turned we October. We only and- watched <laughs> Stephen King. We yeah, well, sake we, most we, of horror. We also just turned October into work. Yes, sir. <laughs> that is a fact. I didn't enjoy anything that whole month. Um, so I, I found myself in the beginning of November being like, I kind of want to just put on something dumb and Halloweeny uh, in the background while I, you know, fold this laundry or whatever. Mm. Um, so I started watching. Uh, Halloween films. Oh, interesting. The actual, like, Michael Myers Halloween films. Oh, I thought you just meant generally. <laughs> Halloween <laughs> movies. Um, no, the specifically the ones after Season of the Witch. Yeah, I've never gone um, past... I've honestly never watched any of them except one and three. I mean, those are the best ones. Yeah. Although, I, Jason, like, I was they, looking at some lists, and there's a lot of love for two out there. Which there is. I've only seen that one scene that you showed me where a body gets hit by a car, which is super funny. <laughs> uh, right, over there, over there, look, look, look. Is that him? I don't know. Stop! Stop! He came out of nowhere. I couldn't stop. Is it him? Is it him or not? Oh, is he on fire? The rest of the movie is not that good. Yes, yeah. Uh, And it's also, I think... But it seems like it's uh, just the first movie again, no? Yeah, more or less. And just, well, no, I mean, like, it's... it. So I I would imagine the people who like it 
like that it takes place in a new location because it's like a lot of it takes place in a hospital. Mm -hmm. Uh, And so there's like a little wrinkle there. And people do like the story edition. The second one introduces what became for a while the sort of defining piece of the Michael Myers lore, Mm -hmm. uh, which is that um, Jamie Lee Curtis, Laurie Strode, is Michael Myers' sister. Oh, I assumed that came from the first movie because it's just a thing I know. Yeah, I had too, and then when I fi- but I hadn't ever seen the movie, so when I finally watched it, I kept waiting for the reveal. Yeah. And then it got to the end of the film and it never happened, and I was like, "Wait, I thought she was supposed to be his sister." Yeah. And that wasn't something that comes up until the second film when they That's amazing. They, like, let me tell you, the franchise gets weird. Is that true? Yeah. Like in a, having, in a cool way? I can't answer that. Because <laughs> I don't know. Um, it's a, like, the the short answer is no, but then the longer answer is no, but sometimes kind of if you squint. Okay, alright. Um, so I've seen through six now. Okay. And the continuity of Halloween films is bonkers. Oh, really? Are they um, the Fast and Furious movies? Uh, no, 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 it's different than that, because they've been, uh, you know how the, the David Gordon Green one that came out last year, mm-hmm. uh, just ignored everything but all the first of, one, right? everything but the first one, yeah. um, that is not a, uh, a radical choice for this franchise. <laughs> there have been a number of films that have decided to simply ignore chunks of the films, <laughs> I'm about to send you an infographic from Wikipedia that uh whoa yeah that shows the connective continuity of the various films whoa yeah so <laughs> okay so you've completed one full timeline by making it to the sixth one Yes, yeah. So there, there's one timeline that is the first Halloween, the yeah. second Halloween, and then the fourth, fifth, and sixth. Yeah. And that, that is that makes sense. A, a, yeah, that is. So, so if if Halloween, so my preferred way of of thinking about the first film is as a self-contained entity. Yeah, I don't generally think of it as the beginning of a franchise, even though that is its primary role in the culture at this point. Sure. Um, is to have launched a franchise, but I think of it as a a self-contained thing that Deborah Hill and John Carpenter made because, you know, they were asked to, and they were starting out in their filmmaking careers, and they were using that. You know, they they made an interesting, tight uh, horror film and moved on from there to other things. And it is, I think of it as a, a part of John Carpenter's filmography. But... If you are thinking about Halloween as a franchise mm-hmm. and thinking about it more as the the home of this character, Michael Myers, then Halloween 1, 2, 4, 5, and 6 is yes. can be considered to be the original like saga of Michael Myers and that world. Um, those are also all of the films in which Donald Pleasance appears. Oh, so which why is another with the rest anyway? Well, yeah, exactly. So that that's another linking thing that makes it sort of the the you know, like I said, the original yeah. uh, version because you you have Donald Pleasance as a uh, a through line as Doctor Loomis through in into number six. But yeah, so I, I've watched one full timeline of Halloween. Yes, the um, original timeline. 
<laughs> the original timeline. So then there's also, I guess, right after six, they did their first retcon mm-hmm. where they finally got Jamie Lee Curtis to come back mm-hmm. for Halloween H two O, and they decided to make that only a sequel to number two. So and I guess specifically you, two, not one or one and two. Well, so so one and two form a sequel to two, and that two is already right, a sequel okay. to one. Got so it, so it. one and two. I guess if you really want to talk about the original quote story, one and two form the sort of core original story because mm-hmm. it all takes place on the same night. Like Halloween oh, two okay. literally starts at the second that Halloween one ends. I see, and goes through uh, you know the rest of that time period. Um, and then Halloween, what is it, H2O yeah. is the seventh one, and then Halloween Resurrection is the eighth one. Both of those get Jamie Lee Curtis back, I guess, because she had a dip in her career, and so she took the money. Um, and so those were widely hated and kind of killed the franchise for a while. Okay. So then there's another timeline, which is the Rob Zombie reboots, which go back and redo the first and second films, more or less. Weird. Um, as as new weird. films. That's just a thing we do. Yeah, that's just a thing that happens, and I'm I guess, you know... a little bummed that Rob Zombie wouldn't have remade the third one also. <laughs> just, just as a matter of principle, you know? I mean, I think that he might have had it been offered to him. Yeah, but he has the clout. He has money. He could have made it himself. The movie's small enough. He could remake it not as a Halloween movie. Like he uh, still you're saying he would doesn't own the rights. Yeah. Sure. Um, so, like, when he made the first one, they had a whole bunch of strict rules on him in terms of oh, what he could put in it to make it sure that it was a Halloween film. Huh. And then, supposedly, on the second film, they took all those rules off because they the first one was a big success. And uh-huh. he apparently made a really weird movie that people didn't like, and then they stopped making those Halloween movies. Okay, interesting. Um, which makes me like Rob Zombie a lot. I mean, I already sure. kind of like Rob Zombie a lot because yeah. I think Lords of Salem is a really good movie. Oh, I never... I, uh, I, I haven't seen any of his other movies because they look, they've always looked like movies I wouldn't like, but yeah. uh, now I kind of have to watch them only because I have so much good feeling about Lords of Salem that I just kind of want to see what, even if they're movies that I don't particularly like, I kind of want to see what he's will. doing. Yeah, you know, fair. well, I just, I'm, I'm, he, he, he proved that he's thinking about things to me. Sure. And so I'd like to see how he's thinking about them, even if they're in ways that I'm not particularly fond of. Okay. Um, I'll tell you, I'll so tell you then, if you watch his other movies, you'll find out that he likes the Marx Brothers and uh, Texas Chainsaw. Uh, those are two good things to like. Yeah. Um, so then after that, the franchise was gone until the David Gordon Green reboot slash retcon mm-hmm. sequel, which is just a direct sequel to the first film. And it ignores the uh, second one, even though the second one takes place on the same night as the first one. Yes. It, it, so, so even in the second film is already retconning the first, because in the first one, Michael has a sister, Judith, kills her, goes away. Oh. And then it's retconned to be that there was another younger sister who was given up for adoption because the parents were just so distraught over all of this and, like, they couldn't deal with raising any children. Interesting. And that was Laurie Strode. Okay. Huh. Um, who was somehow adopted and stayed in the same town in Illinois. Sure. Yeah. Um, but 
whatever. Uh, so that's just such a pervasive part of culture that I mean, I didn't watch the first Halloween until uh, eight years ago or something, but that was just a thing that I knew to be true, and I don't think I think I watched the movie and it was just a fact already in my head, and I never questioned that it didn't tell me that. That's amazing. Yeah. So in that first movie, she's just it's random. Yeah. Like she just happens to walk up to that house because her dad is selling it, and he yeah. happens to be there, and he becomes fixated on her because That's she's amazing. who he sees. Okay. And then there's the the sort of parallels in terms of you know that people have talked about in terms of her being slightly uh, more of like an outcast or an outsider or a weirdo compared sure. to other people, and so they have this other connection thematically or like you know within the film but he's just he sees her he focuses on her and follows her okay and that's the movie and it's it's a much better movie for this like it's a dumb thing to add in the second one yes um but as i said it came to until frankly the david gordon green one Mm -hmm. which why the reason why they wanted to just be a sequel to the original is in part to get rid of that sure it came to define uh, all of the sequels. Interesting. Um, so when Jamie Lee Curtis finally comes back, she comes back as Michael Myers' sister sure. in H2O. And so he's like trying to track her down. Um, and in, in Rob Zombie's uh, version, he, you know, the it's known from the very beginning that, you know, the character of Laurie Strode was originally, I think he named her Angel Myers. Um, because he's Rob Zombie, <laughs> yeah. Um, and so all of that, so so he, that's all you know, already a part of the tapestry from his first you know moment of the remake. Um, the original sequels four, five, and six mm-hmm. don't have Jamie Lee Curtis. Sure. What they do have is, Donald is they do have Donald Pleasance, and they also have a character that is Jamie Lee Curtis's daughter. Oh, weird. Um, played by, I'm just gonna look it up real quick because I can because remember her first name, but not familiar relationship thing. Um, because she's Daniel not Harris. just a random. Oh, okay. Yeah, um, Daniel Harris, who's in stuff now too, but she's yeah. she's actually really good as the as the um, niece, uh, as Michael's niece. Um, but the the movie, so the fourth movie is all about Michael finding out he has a niece. And, like, he finds out because, like, some paramedics are talking about it. Oh, they're transferring him catatonic from one hospital to another, and it, like, sure. wakes up his murder rage. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, You know, and then he comes home. And the fourth one's actually not bad. Like, okay. it's a pretty good, solid movie. Um, like, with a lot of a lot of interesting choices being made. It's not great, but it was way sure. better than I thought it was going to be. Okay. Um, the fifth one introduces the notion that the niece is psychically linked to Michael. Oh, no. And can see, like, when he's going to kill next. Oh. And so a lot of the movie is Donald Pleasance yelling at her uh, <laughs> because she is, like, traumatized and mute from the events of the previous film. Mm-hmm. And he's yelling at her to, like, draw pictures about what's going to happen next while Michael's out there stalking people and killing them. Um... And it's it's directed by a European guy that they brought in who decided to make it like meaningful, mm, uh, and so like he has there's like a scene where Michael Myers takes his mask off and sheds a tear. Uh, <laughs> yeah, real weird choices. Um, so that film also introduces another aspect. So so at, at a certain point, I started reading about these films a sure. while back, um, just because I was like, how, how where does this go? And it's like, oh, these go to a crazy place. Um, and I 
read the plots of these films, so they were sort of floating around in my head as I was watching this. And it was almost another uh, Laurie is Michael's sister thing where I was watching, waiting for this thing that I read about to show up, and then it Mm. doesn't show up, and it doesn't show up, and then when it did, it didn't play out the way that I remembered reading about it. Uh, And that is that the end of the fifth film Mm -hmm. and the entirety of the sixth film is based around an idea that Michael Myers has actually, from the start, been animated by a Celtic death cult who have used druid magic. Is this trying to tie it back to the third one? Well, so that's... Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Is this trying to make Killian (laughs) what's-his-name? Who's murdering all of the children in the world with pieces of the... uh, the Celtic circle. <laughs> that, so that's one possibility that's never definitively explained, and I don't think Let's it's trying to. Let's get a sequel, Jason. It, Let's get a sequel and does, forcefully yeah. <laughs> tie the third one into the series. So, so the I was waiting for all of the cult stuff to show up in the fifth yeah. one because I knew it was in the fifth and the sixth one, but all that happens in the fifth one is there's this mysterious guy dressed all in black with steel-toed cowboy boots wandering around in the background of different scenes smoking okay. a cigarette. Is and it's it just, just like... Goldblum? Does he do magic tricks? I wish. No, it's like Donald Pleasance is in one of the Myers house spaces and he's like looking at evidence and then he walks out and then like the steel-toed cowboy booted man whose face you don't see walks in and smokes a cigarette and has like a Celtic tattoo. Weird. And so that happens throughout the film five or six times. Uh Him just like kind of wandering around. And then by the end of the film, uh, Donald Pleasance has beaten Michael Myers into submission with a two-by-four. Oh, I should watch these movies. <laughs> and Michael, you should. And Michael Myers is sitting in a jail cell, like chained to the floor, uh, like Frankenstein or something. And it, it seems like the movie's wrapping up to its denouement when the guy, the fucking steel toed cowboy boot guy, rolls up with a briefcase. And then you just hear, like, hails of gunfire from inside the police station. <laughs> and the niece, who for some reason I don't remember why, is there alone walks into the police station and be like, oh no, what's happening? And just finds like everybody shot dead and the back door shot off and Michael gone. Okay. And then the movie ends. And I was like, okay. And then it took them like, I think six or seven years to make the next one. That's crazy. Do you think because they were like, we don't know what this means or do you think they just couldn't find the funding? No, they had plans to do it, but I think that the fifth one was not that well received. I see. Um, And I I, so so it also of it being like a like they brought in a Grant Morrison director who was like, I just did stupid stuff. Yeah, (laughs) whoever comes after me is gonna have to deal with it. (laughs) And then they're like, I guess now there's a Celtic. I don't know what any of this means. (laughs) Well, because the thing is, it's also not like underlined as a druid cult or anything. It's just so a guy I was, with one I was, Celtic tattoo? Yeah, in a, yeah. in all black who then uses a giant boots. machine gun yeah. to free Michael Myers at the end. And yeah. there's no explanation. You don't know where this guy has come from. <laughs> um, and then it was, yeah, it was six years until they made the next one because it 
I, I don't know all of the, the corporate production details, sure. but the sixth one is when Dimension uh, started oh, producing them. Okay. So Bob Weinstein is yeah. in charge. And so it it's kind of... The sixth one is the worst one of the three. Okay. Um, but it's also the most insane on a plot level mm-hmm. uh, because it, like the rest of these movies, more or less treats... Uh, everything as having happened in real time. So, like, Halloween 4 picks up, and it's made in 1988, and it's set in 1988, and oh, it takes okay. place ten years after the events oh, wow. of the first Halloween film. It's on, like, the ten-year anniversary of that horrible murder night. I didn't... I knew... I remember when H2O came out, and it was a big deal. I remember seeing ads for it. Um, and I remember knowing in my head that it was H2O because it was 20 years after the first one, but I didn't realize mm-hmm. that that was just how they did all of the Halloween movies. Yeah, yeah, that was how funny. they were doing all of them, that they were actually, like, the time that has passed in the real world from yeah. the first one has passed in the world. That's which so also funny. means that, like, by the end of it, Michael Myers is, like, a 60-year-old. <laughs> yeah, he's an old man. Um, but, uh, so... The the six so the sixth one I haven't seen in the longest time because I haven't rewatched it recently. I watched it a while back, sure. uh, which is another reason why I thought there was going to be a whole lot more crazy druid stuff in the fifth one because the sixth one picks up uh-huh. with the niece having also been kidnapped that night, even though you okay. don't see it at the end of five. Sure, and having been kept by the druid cult, Michael and the niece both have been kept by the druid cult for six years. Uh-huh. The niece has been forcibly impregnated. Probably from Michael. Okay. And has now just given birth. Whoa. That is a bold start. Yeah, that's how the movie starts. But the movie starts in a way that you feel like you would know more if you had seen the previous film. <laughs> you would not. <laughs> um, and the like, the man in black is is there, and he's got he like they want the baby, I guess, for whatever druid cult reasons yeah, they want course. Michael Myers's incest baby. Yeah, of course. Um, but so she escapes with the baby, and then Michael Myers wakes up and decides he doesn't like any of these people and starts killing them, uh, and like gets out and goes after her. Um, and then it becomes this whole long convoluted thing. But the so the funny thing that they do is that uh, it's the the first I think the first feature film appearance of Paul Rudd. Hooray! As the grown up little boy that Jamie Lee Curtis was watching. Oh, in Halloween. That's who, a good choice. Yeah. Who has grown up to be a traumatized, obsessive, like, weirdo in his house sure, who's constantly, sure. like, looking around because and everything. Because this is the 1990s and we're doing yeah. revisionist exactly. horror. <laughs> yeah. So he's obsessed with Michael Myers and reading on everything. And he's the one who, like, discovers all of the Celtic ritual stuff and explains all of the plot. Um, do, do they in that movie establish that this Celtic group has been controlling Michael Myers the whole time? Or do they just steal him from jail at the end of the fifth movie? So it's revealed that uh, the night that Michael killed his sister when he was a kid, he was being babysat by a woman who is a member of the cult. Wait, which is... Is that a person? So, like, all the... No, no, no. Like, it... I mean... It's a character in Six. She doesn't show up any other other time. But it's like they introduce this older woman who is, uh, I think she might run a boarding house that they're staying in or something. But it's it's revealed that she was babysitting little kid Michael Mm -hmm. when he became a murderer. So it's like from the get, he was 
infected with this druid curse, and that has been what has driven the entire series. Great. Which fans of the series hate, obviously, because it's so goofy. It's it's really good if they're not siblings. <laughs> yes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But then it becomes this thing where this cult is dealing with some stuff that you have had no idea is going on that's so much larger. You know, it's because then mm-hmm. it's, it turns these random murders into pieces in a puzzle that we have not seen any of, you know, which is kind of nice. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the I, I do like that. I mean, part of the reason I, I did eventually watch these is because I was sort of intrigued by the it taking such a dopey turn. Yeah. Um, because, like, it's yeah, not it's like so the, silly. Yeah. Um, and, and like, so far from anything in that first film. Yes. Uh, not you know not that I think the first film is a is a sacrosanct like you know we we've talked about how I, it's neither of, it's very far from either of our favorite Carpenter mm-hmm. uh, as much as we like it and love Carpenter yeah. in general it's yeah. it's I could think of probably five of his movies that I like better off the top sure. of my head um, but yeah it's just such a crazy way for them to take it there is also apparently. A, a original cut floating around out there because it was being done for Dimension and so after the filmmakers did their job then you know Bob yeah. Weinstein came in and like re-cut it yeah. within an inch of its life and made it almost make no sense yeah, that's, um, so yeah, I, that's I, I, maybe what I'll do is I'll try to find that cut and rewatch it just to see what that's about yeah um but yeah, so then when they did H2O, for all the talk of it being like 20 years later, they got rid of all of that. They just jettisoned 4, 5, and 6. Sure. I like, mean, I there's guess no more that n- makes sense if that's what you're doing. Yeah, there's no more niece, there's no more druid cult. Although, interestingly, they still make these nods to it. So like in 4, mm-hmm. it's revealed that the niece, you know, it's Jamie Lee Curtis's daughter and Jamie Lee Curtis and her husband had died in a car crash. Mm-hmm. In H2O... Jamie Lee Curtis is alive having faked her death in a car crash <laughs> to escape Michael Myers. Sure. Which then leads you to wonder if the two films actually were in continuity, she would have faked her death and left her child behind. <laughs> um, which would be a stronger choice, but no, yeah. they just got rid of the whole existence of the uh, of the niece. And I, I, I think in... Um, in Rob Zombie's films, which I haven't seen, I'll, I'll watch at some point. Sure. I think he folds in a lot of stuff from the niece into sure. the Laurie Strode character because that, I mean that's cleaner. Like yeah, it makes yeah, more yeah. sense if that's what you're gonna do. Yeah, exactly. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I, I recommend you. I recommend you watch at least two and four. I, I felt like. I, I was surprised by four. I hope I'm not building it up to, for you too much, but I, it's the nice thing about the fourth and the fifth, especially the fourth. The fifth starts to wander away a little bit because they mm-hmm. got this European in who wants to make things a little fancier. Sure. But the fourth one still looks like it takes place in the same world as oh, the first nice. and the second, like in terms of the colors and the film yeah. grain and the and the way everybody's dressed and and like it. it clearly takes place in 1988 but it feels like sure. it's a 1988 it's a natural progression the, yeah. yeah um like the the opening credits for the fourth one are really nice mm-hmm. like they're all just shots of like kind of sinister looking farm implements okay out in like a rural space and a jack-o'-lantern and a scarecrow and just yeah. you know with with the same font uh titles Perfect. as the as the first two movies and it's all like yeah this is really somebody's putting me in the mood yeah. To do this, and and yes. it, for the most part, it works. Like it, I, I okay. do actually think you should watch 
Well, at least the fourth. Four. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, well, see, two's. Uh, you should watch two just to see, see it. it. I need to know. I don't. I like four more than I like two, even though two had some carpenter involvement. Mm-hmm. Um, because he. So in two, I guess he he and Deborah Hill technically wrote it because they didn't really get paid for the first one. Right. And so they were like, well, okay, let's get paid. Yeah. <laughs> we, yeah. we can we can quote our price to write the second one, uh, and then I guess. Mustafa Akkad wasn't satisfied with the kill scenes and so Carpenter came in and like shadow directed a couple of reshoot kill scenes. Sure. Um, but it's just, it's kind of a it, it's got some moments in it but it's mostly kind of a flat sequel. Okay. Um, but you know you should watch it just to see it. Uh, and then yeah, watch 2 and 4. 5 you should also probably watch because it does have insane stuff in it. Yeah. Uh, but also, it's definitely you can feel it like falling apart. Sure. And also, I mean, you're you're plagued the entire time by thoughts that absolutely none of this should be happening. Like yeah. the movie should have just happened and been left alone. But since they're making it anyway, let's check it out. Yeah. 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 <laughs> uh, Jason, for for whatever it's worth. Um... Con- Connell Cochran, the bad guy in Halloween 3, mm-hmm. dies at the end of the movie, but in the novelization of the movie, the magic of Stonehenge teleports him away and he doesn't die. Oh. So he could. Oh. He could be doing. Also controlling a murder man. Oh my god. And yeah, I. No, let's. Let's get a. Let's get a Halloween movie. Let's get a sequel. To the David Gordon Green movie, and then reinject all of the lore from <laughs> three, four, five, and six. I wish that was a possibility. They're already making the next two. Well, we'll make the fifth one. Yeah. Um... But it, it did. Watching those Halloween films did put me back in mind of thinking about like slasher films in general, and I don't know the the big big well-known ones and also all of the other ones that I mostly haven't seen. And so mm-hmm. I was just looking at this list to sort of make my make myself re-aware of like where... Because Halloween is always considered like the the slasher film sort of archetype movie. Sure. Like yeah. it's the one that that... It like sets I guess, the mold. Yeah, sets the mold. Um, but it really does come rather late after a bunch of earlier films that like Black All Christmas or whatever? Kind of. Well, like, Black Christmas is the most prominent one and the one that Halloween most directly mm-hmm. references, honestly. I mean, there's that, that one story that is probably apocryphal, but it it feels like you want it to be true, that John Carpenter met Bob Clark, uh, and they were talking about, like, bo- a potential sequel to Black Christmas that Bob Clark had wanted to make and couldn't, where the guy from Black Christmas gets caught and goes to a mental asylum and that breaks out on a different holiday, like Halloween. That's super funny. (laughs) Yeah. So again, it's like probably didn't happen, but you kind of hope it did. Yeah, Um, I'm gonna imagine that it did. Yeah. So then, you know, John Carpenter went and made a sequel to Black Christmas. (laughs) Yeah. Um, But like, I'm just looking at this list that somebody made on Letterboxd and... I haven't seen most of these movies, but, like, there's a lot of them on here before you even get to Halloween. There's Silent Night, Bloody Night. There's My Brother. Silent Bloody? Yeah, Silent Night, Bloody Night, which is 
I don't, I don't know any. Oh, Lloyd Kaufman produced it. Yeah, okay. In 1972, uh, oh, he's, he's one of, one of the producers. John Carradine's in it. Great. The Mansion, The Madness, The Maniac, No Escape. Okay. Um, yeah, My Brother Has Bad Dreams. Weird. Uh, Rainy Nights, Killer, The Phantom of Hollywood, Don't Open the Door, Madhouse. I don't know any of these. California Axe Massacre. What is that which after? Is, Texas Chainsaw, it must be. It's technically the same year, but it must have just been, like, rushed out right yeah. after they heard about Texas Chainsaw Massacre. That's so funny. Um, Swingers Massacre. Or it was named something else and they just retitled it. That's probably <laughs> more correct. Um, Frightmare, Forced Entry, uh, Psychic Killer, Naked Massacre. Wow. Assault! Exclamation point. Jack the Ripper. That looks like a Japanese film. <laughs> Uh, Massacre at Central High Jess Franco's Jack the Ripper Yes Alice Sweet Alice The Town That Dreaded Sundown Sure um, I'm also not reading all of them I'm skipping around That's crazy <laughs> That's so many Yeah Drive-In Massacre Eaten Alive uh, So what is What is the I don't know how to say this word Epical Epochal 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 What is the shift that is it, Because it's and there's obviously a million movies where someone murders a bunch of people and blood sprays everywhere starting as soon as movies started happening, right? But there's, like, I don't know. Like, what's the big uh, epochal shift between Herschel Gordon Lewis and The Town That Dreaded Sundown and Halloween? I feel like it might just be that Halloween was so tight and so popular. Yeah. You know, like, a lot of these movies are real messy. Sure. And real low budget. Yeah. And things that you would watch if you were watching schlocky movies in, like, Times Square. Mm-hmm. Uh, or, like, grindhouses. But most people probably didn't encounter that often. Yeah. Um, and Halloween played just... It was, like, a higher profile, more yeah. elegant execution of a similar theme. I feel like that is my guess. Yeah, that makes and sense. And that, it's, a, it's a guess based on a tiny bit of knowledge and not a lot. But I know that Halloween was mag- like stupendously successful sure. in its first run. Yeah. Um, you know, it always gets to have that tagline, the most successful independent film ever made, yeah. because it was just it was produced outside of... Uh, it, it, it gets tricky co- what you call an independent film and what you I don't mean, after, sure. like, 1964. Yeah, of course. <laughs> because... Because <laughs> kind of nothing is independent there's at that point, not a, unless it's made yeah. in the backyard. Yeah, well, like there's Dave also not Nelson a, is the only person making independent films. But there's also not a real studio system yeah. to be independent from at that point. So, like, sure, it's just sort of the idea of Hollywood. Yeah, so it, it it like if you're if you're basing your description of an independent film solely on its its funding source, sure, then. You're, that's not really going to work. Right. <laughs> you, you have to take a more qualitative assessment. Yeah, yeah. Um, but uh, but yeah, I feel like that must be what it is. That it was just a, a slightly higher profile, classier version. I also believe that it's probably a better movie than, than most half of, of these. Yeah, most yeah, of sure. these. Uh, I mean, it's not a better movie than Black Christmas or Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Sure. But those are also um, both exceptional, I think, in that crowd. Yeah, exactly. It's a better movie than The Town That Dreaded Sundown. <laughs> I'm sad to agree with you, but I do. Yeah. I mean, I, I there's a lot of things I like about The Town That Dreaded Sundown, but then there's also things that I'm like, well... Um, I don't think there's anything I don't like about The Town That Dreaded Sundown. <laughs> the Hills Have Eyes came oh. out before Halloween. 
Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. It's just interesting to me, the toolbox murders. Like, oh, I, yeah. part of me kind of wants to see a bunch of these, and then part of me is like, you don't actually want to watch. Yeah, you like don't need to most of the time. Yeah. But I am, I don't know. There's something about me that is curious. Yeah. So I try to figure out which of these I actually want to watch. I want to watch a few more Friday the 13th, because I've mm-hmm. seen the first one, which is shockingly a movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the only one of those like I watched. I never actually, of the like major franchises, the only one I ever bothered to go all the way through was Nightmare on Elm Street, and that's only because it has the strongest, for my tastes, premise. You know, yes. Of, of like these movies can be goofy. Uh, you know, there's that well, one scene. Also, I'm sure I've referenced this eight times, but that one scene where he's walking down an alley and touching both walls on either side of the alley, <laughs> making sparks on them. That uh, for yeah. me is enough to be with like, the, I like, should watch really all of these. floppy stretchy yeah, with, like, arms. Like twenty foot long goofy Gonzo arms. Yeah. Gonzo yeah. the Muppet, not the idea. Yeah. Uh, no, that's definitely if if we're considering these things as franchises, that's yeah. definitely the one that I prefer. Yeah. Um, because it's just nuts yeah uh and and from what i've seen i haven't seen all the later films or the ones that i've seen parts of i haven't seen all of um but it it seems like they give themselves more and more of a license to just be weird i think that's more as they go along um which i appreciate yeah uh so i i do like i do like that series but um, but i never bothered with like friday the 13th or halloween or i don't know what the other major franchises would be those are the three that stand out those to are me the, from my childhood well those i mean those have to be the big three yeah i'm trying to think of, of of if there's even another really one that could be considered along those lines like texas chainsaw has sequels but it's not the same kind of yeah. thing Um, yeah, I'm looking up bloody disgusting uh, best slasher franchises. Mm-hmm. Um, but they're gonna list a bunch of stuff that's like Hatchet. You know what I mean? They're list a bunch of. They're gonna. I imagine they're gonna have a bunch of stuff that is more recent and less uh, uh, iconic. No, am I wrong about that? No, no, no. This is pretty because they're they're trying to say like the iconic ones here, I see, and it's okay. just a message board. It's not like a oh, an article. Um, so it. I mean. Halloween, Friday the 13th, Nightmare on Elm Street, that's what I think of as the, yeah. as the core three. The other ones that this first person includes, they do include Texas Chainsaw Massacre, which has way more... That's funny, because uh, there are only two of movies. those. Well, there's a lot Jason, more here than I realized. I knew that they had done a recent remake. I didn't realize that there was quite this many other scenes. In between? There were, what, yeah. like six of them or something? I'm looking at eight movies, if you include Whoa, the first two. That's crazy. Uh, they're, I, they're not listed in uh, chronological order. They're listed in the order that this person likes them. So <laughs> it's just the original, part two. So those are at least the first two. Sure. Uh, and then the remake, part three, Leatherface. Is the name something, of the movie? Yeah, apparently. Something okay. called The Beginning. All right. Uh, I, I assume it's Texas Chainsaw Massacre, The Beginning. The Beginning, sure. Uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre 3D, Texas Chainsaw Massacre The Next Generation. Okay, I think that's the one with McConaughey in it. I thought that was... Oh, yeah, yeah, I think so. So that's those. Um, That is more than I would have guessed. Then the other two... So the one that I didn't think of Mm -hmm. that is, I think, think can be legitimately called uh, sort of an iconic series at this point is the Scream series. And oh, obviously it, it's not because that's like, revisionist. It's a separate yeah. 
category, but sure. Yeah, but it but it does come in. But then the other one that they included here that I would never have thought of uh, is Chucky. Oh, sure. So there's seven of them. Yeah, that makes sense. There's a ton of those. And then I guess there's a remake now too that was came out after this list was made. Um, and I'm just going down to see that. To me, I would put that in my brain. That fits in a different category of movie for some reason. But it is fundamentally there's nothing different about it. It's just that yeah, Dorf's soul that's inside of a murder doll. Yeah, I mean, I, I had also. I would also have put it somewhere else, but it yeah. does make sense that somebody put it here. I would have put it like with um, Gremlins, but that's clearly a different thing. I'm looking at one more list of the top ten slasher franchises, but it's making me look at a video game oh, ad. Don't. Oh, it's the new Hideo Kojima game, I guess. Doesn't mean anything. Um, he's the guy who's supposed to be the one video game genius. Uh, there's, one, there's one? There's only one? There's just the one guy. Wow. Um, Video games have it really rough, I guess. <laughs> uh, no, so so this one, their number 10 is Candyman, which I never think of as a franchise, but I right. guess it did have a few sequels. Huh. Yeah, that's a movie I think of, again, as a singular movie, but then as a thing. There must be, yeah, three of them total? Uh, right? Two three sequels, yeah. Candyman's? Yeah, yeah okay. three movies. Okay. Originally, Eddie Murphy was propositioned to play Candyman, but producers oh, no. couldn't inf- couldn't afford him. <laughs> Good. Uh, I mean, yeah. I'm, I'm glad that happened, because otherwise Tony Todd wouldn't be a staple of horror films. Yeah. Uh, let's see. At number nine, they have Jeepers Creepers. Oh, no. I mean, I'm reacting to the director, but that yeah. first movie, I've only seen the first one of those, and it's fine. I haven't one, seen I mean, it. I mean, don't. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's not worth it. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I didn't know that there was a man bat in it. I'm seeing a clip mm-hmm. from it now because this thing is playing a video. Yeah, the bad guy. Uh, the bad guy's kind of a, he's a night flyer, kind of. Yeah, I mean, he kind of looks like a Popobawa type figure. He's not as cool as the Popobawa. Well, nobody's as cool as the Popobawa. Yeah. <laughs> um, but how many of those were there? I thought two, but I could be wrong. I don't know because this. Uh, uh, well. It's what I get for clicking on something called popculture.com, but this <laughs> is not actually telling me how many movies yeah. there were. Uh, it just calls it a series. Sure. Oh, what about Final Destination? Did they count? Oh, Saw, number eight. Oh, Saw, right. That makes sense. That's yeah. a real thing. I don't really care about those movies, but it makes sense. And there's, I guess there's technically like a bad guy. Oh, this is interesting. Number seven is, whoa, say you, you dropped out. What was that? Uh, oh, no. I was I was trying to think. I was pitching Final Destination, and then I was like, I guess there isn't like a bad guy in that. There's just the concept of death. Uh, but Saw, I guess there is a bad guy, right? There's like a weird mask man. Yeah, there's Jigsaw. Um, right. I would count Final Destination. I know it's like it does. It is bending that part of it, yeah. but you know, I, I think it's yeah. still it still hits those same beats. Yeah, I think so. Uh, and I like them. Okay, I think it's just, I think it's a, I think, I mean, one of the things I liked about Final Destination was that it was a clever uh, yeah. extrapolation of the shot. Agreed. Yeah. Um, the faceless killer. Yeah. Uh, so let's see. Yeah, so number seven is the Psycho series, which I always forget is a series. But Again, I heard recently yes. that Psycho 3 is secretly really good. Really? So I should check that out. Uh, number six is Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Number five is Scream. Number four is Child's Play. Number three is Nightmare mm-hmm. on Elm Street. Number two is Friday the 13th. Number one is Halloween. Yeah, so I guess those are the major ones. 
yeah, yeah. and sense. so so those the, those three are the are the big those are the big three yeah father father son and, and the all, holy ghost <laughs> they all i think landed and landed well at the right time culturally for that to yeah. be true you know i yeah. don't think you could make an iconic horror figure now in the way that they did with the same kind of market yeah, saturation so. oh jason if you here's what it is if you keep uh halloween 6th in the continuity then you can make them the father the son and the holy ghost <laughs> that's my best argument for everyone respecting halloween 6 um I'm jason Voorhees up. is definitionally a son and uh and nightmares are basically ghosts yeah there you go yeah no it, it, it close but, yeah um oh lucy's making fun of me for not being in bed yet <laughs> Synesthesia is produced by Iguana Donald Studios and distributed by Split Tooth Media. Wait, what the hell is this? Why is this music playing? It's not funny. Stop it 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 it. He's not as cool as the Bubba Bawa. Well, nobody's as cool as the Bubba Bawa. Synesthesia.